everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Why I Love Disney podcast. We are so excited to be with you guys today. This is our first recording in 2022. I think we said it before, but Happy New Year to all of you listening. David, JD, Happy New Year to you guys. How are you doing? Great. Justin, how are you? Happy New Year. So good. So good. Happy to be back here in Florida. Ready to start this new year. I'm pumped. Yeah, the last... So you're home. You're not on the same screen. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm different been, screen. <laughs> I don't have my partner squeezed in here again. <laughs> yeah, I can yeah, already not, tell. Y'all got to get used to not being not being in the same room because you're talking... We're all talking over each other because there's three of it. Three, three squares now instead of two. Yeah. That's right. Getting back in the swing of things. Yeah, the house... Awesome. You back in class, JD? Or... What's up? Our classes started back. You're back in class. Yeah, and- so just started my classes back yesterday. I had a class this morning. Uh, trying to get in that routine, man. It, it's hard when you have a whole month of eating food and hanging out and getting back in that swing of thing. It, it comes fast, but I'm loving it. I, I love the school where I'm at in South Florida, so I'm happy to be with my buddies again. That's cool. And then, any trips to Disney World? You already been three times since you've been back. Disappointingly, no, not quite yet. We're gonna try try and squeeze it in this first week, but it hadn't happened. So surely in the near future, we're trying to make the the most of this annual passing. How many times we can go? But I'm sure we'll get a, a trip planned pretty soon. David, things back to normal for you? Well, the house is completely quiet. Uh, with all three of the kids are gone now, and so yeah, it's it's kind of back to normal. I've got to figure out how to get to Florida myself, just so I can catch up with this guy in maybe at least a month. I hear you, man. It's been a, it's been a good, uh, we had a, a big giant snow where I live. We Here had like too. eight or nine inches of snow Here too. and, uh, it's all melted away now, but we had a couple of days of, of no school and, and sledding and snowman building and all kinds of, uh, all kinds of fun activities, which also got us into some Disney plus stuff, which I'm sure we'll talk about here in a minute. Have you guys seen or watched anything over the last, since our last time together that, um, have been interesting Disney wise or otherwise? Well, uh, our fa- yeah, I've seen. Go ahead. Yeah, you go ahead. <laughs> I was, no, you got it. I was going to say ahead. our family uh, watched Encanto, uh, Encanto, again as a, as a family. I had seen it, uh, but we watched it as a family, and uh, and that was something we watched. And also, this is it's not Disney, but it's kind of Disney related because it's parks related. We watched the Harry Potter uh, reunion special that was on HBO Max. That was that was very nostalgic for our family. That's yeah. super cool. Same with you, JD. You were with the, I'm sure you were in the Encanto um, mm-hmm. uh, group that watched yes. that. Anything mm-hmm. else? Yeah, watched watched Encanto. It was enjoyed it. Um, actually, rewatched Shang Chi this week. Okay. Um, which I really enjoyed. You know, I was doing school, been doing a little studying, creating my schedule, and I kind of had it on the background. Um, but rewatched it for the most part, and uh, definitely almost liked it more than the first time I watched it. So I'd really encourage you guys to watch it again. Um, but as, as long with that, also did uh, first two episodes of Boba Fett, um, which we can talk about that more in detail. But trying to get yeah. into that, get back into that Mandalorian mindset of the Star Wars galaxy, it's been fun. Yeah, same here. So we, I saw we watched Boba Fett oh. too. Um, we, you know, we watched both the episodes. I think there's another one out um, tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, wow. Super excited to come out on Wednesdays, right? So yeah. what do you think? What, what's your what's your take on Boba Fett so far? So I like it. Um, I like it because I'm a big fan of Star Wars. Now Uh-oh. putting it up against the Mandalorian, I think I still prefer the Mandalorian. I feel like honestly these first two episodes are more like setting up for like big picture stuff 
Uh, I like the callbacks. I like the whole, um, you know, he's, he's kind of like starting his empire. Um, I like it. It's very interesting take on, on uh, some characters like the Sand Dune guys. Um, I like it, don't love it yet. That would probably be my, my summary. Okay. Fair enough. David, have you, you have you caught up I, on Boba I have Fett? not. We, or did we just spoil it for we, you? Uh, no, we, we were going to wait until we had a few more episodes just to watch more. Uh, but we are going to watch it. We're, I'm, I'm excited to watch it. I'm yeah, looking awesome. forward to it. Yeah, we've been we've been loving it. I, I agree. I think it's ramping up, but I, I've really found it interesting. Kind of, they're giving you. We already know this character. We're familiar yeah. with this character, so they're giving us backstory. And there's a lot of holes to fill in with the Mandalorian. You know, we knew nothing, and they could had a clean blank slate to work from. Here, we have to figure out. Okay, how did he? We saw him die in Return of the Jedi. We thought, you know, what happened? How did he get? How is he here? He's already been in The Mandalorian, so we know he's alive. We know he's survived. So how do we connect these dots? And I think they're, they're trying to do that. But I really have loved the sand people angle. It's the first time they've kind of explored that culture. Never seen that before in Star Wars. I think some of the comic books and some of the books have, have kind of been down that world. That's really cool. And, um, but not to, we don't want to spoil too much for David, but I'm really enjoying it so far. Some characters making some in some old familiar places, which I think Star Wars fans like. We like that it yeah. takes place in Tatooine, Mos Eisley, you know, the, uh, some of the cantinas and the job of the, the huts and, and some of the familiar characters and stories that we're familiar with that moves into that and kind of explores that area. I love it. We're having fun. We also watched Encanto as a family and actually twice because my kids loved it so much. I mean, not only that, their bedtime music in Kanto soundtrack. They love the soundtrack over and over and over. All I got is Bruno, no, no, no. <laughs> I just go around singing Bruno, yes. no, no, no. That yes. one and uh, and the the one about um, the pressure. That's all I got in my head yeah. all the time. It's so yeah. catchy. Such a great such great writing in my did opinion. Did you watch? Uh, like I said, did you did you turn on the subtitles? We did. Yeah, we did. Um, I watched it once with and once without, right. and um, and yeah, you do catch more of the more of the uh, especially the lyrics of the right, songs, especially when they're in Spanish, you know, because it, it, it goes by so fast. <laughs> there's a yep. lot more. There's Absolutely. a lot more in Spanish than you realize. When I saw it the first time, I didn't realize how much uh, was actually in Spanish until I watched it with the subtitles, and I was like, "Wow, I'm I'm glad I've got this now," because those those were great lyrics that I I just didn't even know what they were singing. So it was really really cool. Sure. Hmm. I thought, yeah, and, and you guys told, you know, David, you saw it first, and, and you, you said it was good, y'all need to watch this, um, but dude, it felt like, it felt, I really thought afterwards, man, this is super underrated, I haven't seen enough about this, right. I haven't, yeah. like, there should be toys, and there should be, um, <laughs> my kids should, you, you know, and, and judging by my kids' reaction, you know, I think this will have some staying power and some rewatchability yeah. Yeah. for sure. It's, I think it has a lot to do. I think it has a lot to do with expectations because, again, like I've told you guys, when I watched the preview, I wasn't super excited for Encanto at first, but after watching the movie, I love it, and I would put it up next to any of these other modern Disney movies. Um, so I think, I mean, I don't know if that was like a Hawkeye. You know, we've talked about with Hawkeye. Not a lot of people talked about it. And then when we watched it, we loved it because we didn't really have a huge expectation of it. So I don't know if it was something like that or if it was unintentional, but I would agree 100%. It wasn't even really on my radar. And after watching, I really liked it too. Well, in true Disney form, the animation was beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it was just beautiful. The story was, was, was um, I thought, unique. 
and something that I hadn't quite seen before. I love the cultural aspect and, and what they're doing there. I love the personality of the house and kind of that Disney inanimate object has a personality, whether it's, you know, Beauty and the Beast and, you know, candlesticks and just there's all sorts of magical things happening, like pumpkins that are, turn into carriages, those sorts of things. And it kind of echoes into the classic Disney in that realm and, and storytelling. And then the soundtrack is incredible. And when you hear Lin-Manuel uh, Miranda, you know, is doing it, you, you can either be excited about that or you can be skeptical and kind of raise an eyebrow. Like, I'm not I'm not so sure. I liked Hamilton, but is this going to work in a Disney movie? And man, he crushed it. It was great. It's a little, and it's modern. Like it's, it definitely is, is of the times too. So I, I love that it kind of crossed, kind of to me, crossed over and touched into Disney's past and kind of the great elements of Disney storytelling in the past, and and had these also these very modern elements too um, of storytelling that I think definitely connected with my kids. I, I yeah. absolutely That's loved really it. That's really interesting yeah. and to hear that the that your 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 guys. Uh, liked it so much with their age group i was wondering if there would be too much music because it's 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 very broadway in the sense that every i think every character has a solo at some point everybody sings there's just this it's a very ensemble broadway type piece that i don't i can't think of anything yep. quite like it that they've actually done uh it's there's way more music to me than there was in moana it's it's similar but it's yeah. it's just different uh Go ahead, J.D. Well, yeah, I'm just piggybacking off of that. But I think the reason why people still enjoy the music, because it's like storytelling through that music. It's like you see like Frozen and some of the songs are there. Like it's kind of telling a story, but it's also kind of like, okay, this is just a fun, catchy song. And Canto, in the same way, you know, Hamilton does it. They, they might go on this five-minute song, but you're learning about this character. You're learning about how they feel. You're learning about, like, how they're going to react to the main characters and stuff like that. So I think that might be why there's more of a, uh, you know, people enjoy listening to the music, even though if they typically wouldn't enjoy more musicals. But a funny thing about all the musicals, uh, me and my wife, we were looking at Spotify. We both subscribe to Spotify. And we were looking at United States Top 50 songs. Every once in a while, we'll look at it. And uh, we don't talk about Bruno was literally number one like last week, and we were like, "What? Like, how does it have this much, you know, power and influence?" So we were like jamming it to the car, and number one on you know U.S. top fifty. It's fun. Oh, the track's amazing. That, that amazing. song especially sounds like Hamilton to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, not that's every the thing song too, like, like Hamilton. Not every song felt. No, you're right. It, it, that's what it was like to me. It was like if Hamilton and Moana and Coco all <laughs> came together that's what you kind of get it's a little bit of yeah that's a great great i, I love yeah. that coco mm -hmm. hamilton and moana all had a baby <laughs> then you'd yeah. get this you yeah. get this one right here which is great yeah. all those are great you know iconic pieces and and again like in hamilton the the songs are, are how they tell right. the story right there's not even hardly any dialogue right. right without songs and this is the songs are integral to the story you know um in in this movie so yeah i loved it i can't wait to see it again you know and i'm gonna be hearing these songs for a long time and i'm not sick of them yet maybe i will be at some point but not yet yeah but any any other thoughts on that? Any other? Is he going to be doing any other soundtracks of music in the uh, Disney movies in the future? Because I he believe should. he's he's yeah. uh, he's working on the new Little Mermaid, the live action Little Mermaid. I think. Oh I think, wow! I think he was the one with with uh, Alan Menken. That could be fun. Yeah. 
that's smart too because that gets me like exci- like excited to see it all the you know most live actions you know like we said it's kind of of the new disney stuff probably all of our least favorites not that they're terrible they just are what they are right and um but little things like that make me curious yeah. right i think that's um, the one i know he's working on something i probably should fact check that but but i believe that's the one he's uh he's watching next i mean he's working on next well We've, I mean, the snow days, we've watched tons uh, and tons of Disney Plus. I think we've watched, rewatched, I don't even know how many Marvel things we've rewatched. We watched that 616 show where they show like stories and cosplay people and the documentary on that. That's kind of cool. And they've rewatched all the Spider Men, all, all the Spider Men. Actually, um, my, my, my oldest has been watching the Spider Man cartoons over again, like just binge watching them. Um, they are kind of all Spider-Man out right now. And then they even watched uh, Venom and Let There Be Carnage, which are not Disney movies. They're just Sony. But um, they, uh, they, they hadn't seen those yet and had. And those are a little, like, little more, a little rougher. But, uh, but they, <laughs> were, they were both. I, cool. I'd never seen them before either. And they were, they were entertaining, very entertaining. I'm, I'm surprised I hadn't seen them yet. So um, cool. lots of lots of television watching in the in our household. That's fun. Those uh, animated Spider-Mans on Disney Plus. It's funny you said that because literally yesterday I was kind of when I was watching Shang Chi, I was kind of scrolling through and I saw those and I was like, man, would I love just to have a week of nothing to do and I could just play this right here and just get all the nostalgia and you know watch all of them. So that's fun. Y'all y'all got the chance to watch those with the with the snow days. Well, I'll, I'll give you this too, and this is a little this is probably a little too much, a little more information everyone wants. But in those cartoons, there are story points from these movies. Like um, there's a, there's a multiverse thing where. Um, um, Thor opens the gate and they do on this hunt and somehow he gets transformed into, into Peter Porker, into a pig version of Peter Parker, which happens wow. in, you know, um, into the Spider-Verse, you know, and then this whole, the whole multiverse stuff is brought up in a different context and some of the characters and some of the storylines, they're not exact, but you can see where they're borrowing from um, comics and other stories that have been told to tell these um, new MCU stories. And that's pretty fascinating too. So John David, you do have, um, you do have a chance. It's actually, they're really good and very interesting. So check those out. Yeah. Hey, I I just checked Um, the facts on this and that is correct. He's working on, He's one of the producers of the live action uh, Little Mermaid, and he's also written new songs. Have they released one that's coming out? Is that 2022 or 2023? I haven't seen it on the on the list uh, for 2022, so I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I'm gotcha. really not sure. We'll have to look that up too. Yeah, that's one well, that they've talked about a lot, but haven't really given a lot of information about like release dates. I hope, it, I hope it's good. It was supposed to start good. filming in 2020, but it got delayed because of COVID. So um, it says they they started filming again. They resumed filming in July of 2021. So uh, it it'll take a while. If that's if that'll have to have a lot of special effects, live action underwater. Oh yeah. But the good news is, if he knew he was working on it. You know, yeah. writing songs you on your like own, your team. You know? So maybe more. you have more time to <laughs> refine the boom. You got it. Yeah, we need to we need to place bets if we think that's going to come out first or Tron's going to be open to Magic Kingdom. That's, that's, that's a, real a great question. take. That what do you think? Let's let's put us on record right now. Is Tron coming out first or Gosh. opening first, or is Little Mermaid going to be released first? 
gosh, I hope Tron. Honestly, I hope Tron comes out first because I I really want to ride it. So well, I'm not what you Tron. hope. It's what okay, you I'll say, go on I'll record say as a Disney expert. Your Tron's going to open first. All right. Yes. Yeah, so these past couple of times we've gone to the parks. So, you know, we ride the People Mover, and you can kind of see it. And it looks uh, the the good positive things is there's definitely improvements every time we go, even if they not might, might not be these huge improvements. So I'd probably go with Tron. I just okay. I ju- well David, I just found out think? the release date scheduled for uh, Little Mermaid is May twenty six twenty three. So. Uh, I okay. mean, okay. May 26 of 2023, not That's, 2623, <laughs> yeah. but 20, 2023, <laughs> May. So, uh, yeah, so I I hope, I hope uh, Tron, I hope Tron is first. But I think they're just holding Tron, and I really wish that uh, they would uh, get it done earlier. I wish, I'd like to see them open it by the end of 2022, personally. But... Well, that was, that's that's only a window hey, of sixteen I, I, months. I, okay, and I want to say this because last last week we talked, we did a look back, and after we got out of the, after we got out of that conversation, I asked John David, was I was I too negative? Because I felt. Uh, are we doing a retraction no, here? No, I'm not retracting, David. But I just I, I this week in preparing for what we were going to talk about today, I went back and thought. You know, we in a in a in a difficult year. They had Remy's Ratatouille Adventure open. They had two great restaurants, Space Two Twenty, and that Steakhouse Seventy One open. Uh, Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular started back up again. They did two new uh, fireworks shows, which weren't my not necessarily my favorite that they've ever done. But I mean, they really did a lot. And so this year we've got like two things on the list that are are coming and one's a one's a hotel you know experience and one's a, an attraction so i would really like to see tron open up but i suppose that anytime i go back you know if, if you're if you if you make it to the parks every year or two and you go back and there's something new that's better than nothing but i, I have a i hope tron will uh well, for for their publicity, for publicity's well, sake, they need to open Tron so that people online will stop talking about it. Just get it open. <laughs> so it's clear, it's clear. Everyone listening, this man loves Disney. He does not think of Disney in any negative way. Oh no! Hold on! Hold on! Yes. Hold it's on. All I up. think there's a different tone. Did you get a Did you get a strongly worded email or something no. like that? John David and I were texting last week. What's Grumpy David up to? Why is he so angry well, actually, today? I'm not. Actually, I thought about all that because I heard somebody else talk about in a, in a podcast I was listening to. They kept using the word. I'm so confused. I'm so confused, and that's that's actually what I'm not. I wasn't angry as much as that. So much of the publicity this past year has just been like, uh, I'm so confused. Like, why would you say that? Why would you do that? Why would you? It's just a lot of you know. We love our we love our fans, but but. <laughs> sure, I'm not angry. Why would you think I'm angry? I'm not angry. No, at all. no. I, I mean, they're, they're, I'm frustrated with some things, but mostly confused. It's like. I don't understand. You know, we 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 talked right before this started. Yet I haven't been going. I can't believe Apple, and I can't believe McDonald's. I mean, none of that this past year. But I heard a lot of media about I can't believe Disney, and that you know I think they're too they're too big for that. I think they ought to be able to handle their. You love it so much. You care so much. <laughs> no. That's what it is. No, I just I want to get I want to get what I pay for. 
<laughs> well, hey, that's what hey, that's what 2022. Hopefully, this turnaround, Bob Chapek, you know, he's out of his freshman year of being CEO, second year, you know, second year of this all this crazy pandemic stuff, or I guess third year, I guess. But I mean, hopefully, this year will be well, better, right? I mean, that's what we're David, talking about. Yeah, you're not off the pulse, and, and we have a lot of there's lots of news in the past week, yeah. and one of the things that I wanted to bring up was there's a USA Today article today. Just ask the question, is Disney losing its right. magic? And I, I've tried, just full disclosure, I haven't read the article because it's behind a paywall. And I, I'm trying to figure out how to get around that paywall. And as soon as I do, I'll talk more in depth about what they see. But just the, the headline itself and the thrust of the article seems to touch on the sentiment of Disney fans that are, are frustrated about mostly park stuff. Because I don't think anybody can look at Disney as a company and 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 say okay the Disney Plus stuff has been incredible their content creation is is maybe is is killing it in every way right um, and then the park stuff you know has been a little lackluster in the middle of a global pandemic so I think David I don't think you're too far off base in, in voicing some of the the frustration of of, of of Disney fans that we've heard, you know, from from people who go to the parks and people who um, ha- have seen and, and, and continued rising right. prices and and that, that well, kind of stuff. Just, so, just you know, I, I get week, it. I just totally this get past it. Past week, uh, there's an experience that you can do in in Galaxy's Edge where you can build a lightsaber. It costs, I think, the exact price is like two hundred and nineteen dollars and ninety nine cents, just a penny shy of two hundred twenty dollars. And when you build your lightsaber, you get a special uh, sleeve that it goes in. And they, this past week, they switched it to a plastic bag that looks like something you would put a wet umbrella in. But they didn't change the price. In fact, yeah. then they then they were encouraging you to buy uh, apparently something that you know you could pay for on top of what you've already paid for. And again, it's not it's not about what it is. It's that it goes out to the media. And like when I start hearing about it, it's because of all these media outlets that are not Disney related going, Disney's done this, Disney, you know, sticking it to their fans again. And that actually messes up my experience. Because when I do go, I don't want to be thinking about, are they, are they sticking it to me? And, and when they raise the prices like they did this week on food, unless you're a local and you eat there all the time, you're not going to miss they, that a pretzel went up 30 cents. But when you hear it in the news, and they're not controlling, they're not controlling their media and their, the way I think they should, so that when I go, I'm I don't want to be thinking about that. Yeah, and it's all about balance too. I mean, the thing is, if you if you heard articles go back and forth of Disney's cutting costs and they're making it you know more affordable, and it paired with these you know we're taking away the sheath that goes with the lightsaber, then it would be more balanced. But the thing is, we're hearing like news like that, and then. Again, you hear like the Dole Whip has just increased by a dollar and stuff like that, and you just keep hearing it. I mean, like you said, that it will affect um, it will affect your kind of experience if you're always watching those things. And a big market of the Disney fans, and part of the, some of the most vocal mm-hmm. are the locals. You know, are the people who are living that Florida radius. Um, some of the biggest fans. So when you increase their dole up to a dollar, and every time they go, you know, it's just another dollar. It it can have a negative effect on. Well, on we a just live reputation. in a different world. There's we more live in a different increases, world yeah. than we did even five years ago. There's so much media now on every little price change that, I mean, it, it's hard. It's hard not to hear it, even if you don't want to listen to it. 
I mean, if you follow anything with Disney, you're gonna you're gonna hear it. It's gonna pop up. So. Yeah, it. That, I I do think for 2022, it, I, I I always want to like I'm gonna put the grumpy. Um, um, face on you guys and your boxes on the YouTube video just for right now. And I'm going to just remind you, yeah. there's a global pandemic. There's a supply chain shortage. You know, the, there's a crazy inflation. And I don't think it's necessarily due to corporate greed. I, I do think there's expectations of shareholders and they're, they're trying to like figure out how to, how to, how to, this is going to sound stupid, how to make profits when they're, you know, just, you know, seemingly making money hand over fist right. I, I get it but what the the reason it exists you know ultimately and maybe it's getting too big is is for the is for shareholder you know, maximize shareholder wealth and that's not i don't know necessarily there's different ways to go about that but i think it's interesting another piece of news that came out in the last 24 hours was bob chapek actually had his big um announcement of and put out his his three pillars a, a kind of a vision statement for 2022 of what he's going to be focused on. Um, have you guys, are heard, you familiar with this at all? I've heard about it, but I've not, yeah. I've not, I've uh, not seen the, the whole thing. Well, let me give you, let me give you his three pillars. All right. He had a big, um, um, kind of, he released a letter to the, and it's reported in the Hollywood reporter, uh, variety all over the news media that just kind of have different takes on this, but I'm reading from his actual letter. The first thing is first pillar is so the storytelling ex excellence. He says what di I'm reading and quoting from his letter. What makes Disney so unique is that the stories we tell mean something to people. They inspire, give hope, bring us together, illuminate the world around us and create memories. That is Disney magic. We must continue to set the creative bar higher and higher to that end. And in addition to all my other creative meetings, I am establishing a new standing monthly meeting with our senior creative leaders to discuss the opportunities we face as a storytelling enterprise. This will encourage collaboration, sharing of best practices, and stimulate cross-studio ideation. What do you think about that? I think as it's a, great. The first pillar. I think it's great. I mean, that's exactly what I want to hear. I mean, we've always talked about how we want Imagineers and that creative department to have more of an influence. And to start with that, I mean, it gives me such of a hope and an excitement to see what they're going to bring. Did, um, did that in this mean next that? Year, for sure. <laughs> did he say? Did he say Imagineers? I don't know. See, they, uh, are Grumpy here. Grumpy David. Go, what's no, I mean, no, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. I'm, I'm totally teasing. And hey, I, I could go back to our original episode when we announced when the announcement had gone out that he was the he was going to be in charge, and already media was you know the local media was grumbling then and i was like i mean surely he wouldn't be getting this yeah. job if he if he didn't love this and have you know something so I, I try to stay positive all the way through so well i actually agree with you david actually i'm teasing but it does say senior creative leaders for all we know that can mean the head guys at disney plus or marvel or star wars or yeah. lucas you know um, it doesn't necessarily mean imagineers i would assume it's there's going to be representation of all of them because that would just be more of the same right yeah and that would probably lead to more problems this is he actually says it would encourage collaboration sharing of best practices and stimulate cross studio ideation so i imagine there's representation right. from pixar marvel. from the imagineers from people who do all yeah. these things that's what i, I read into this right. and i hope that's what yeah, it's what it you means. have to you have to remember that i mean the walt disney company is not just the parks i mean there's so many different aspects especially now with disney plus so you have to remember i mean he can't say exactly imagineers but i think it would be fair when he says top 
you know, creative development leaders that Imagineers would be in that. I mean, if, if they're not in that conversation, then that is a little <laughs> deceptive. You know, I mean, I think it would be totally fair to say Imagineers would be in that circle. Totally. Well, number two, the second pillar is, and it kind of piggybacks on the first one, but it's innovation. Um, I'm going to read what he wrote. Uh, Since Steamboat Willie, we have been the world's foremost innovative storytellers. That must continue as technology evolves, giving our creative teams new canvases, like the metaverse, on which to paint. We should be especially innovative as we seek to bring stories to life in new ways, particularly if they enhance what many call our franchise quote, franchise ecosystem, which is one of the things that sets us apart. What do you think about the second pillar being innovation? I think it sounds great. <laughs> I mean, I, I would, yeah, I think it sounds great. I think it's, uh, I mean, if you're going to make a pillar about what the Walt Disney Company is, when you look at the parks, when you look at movies, when you look at Rise of Resistance at Hollywood Studios, that's a pillar of innovation. And I have never heard of any other amusement park or organization doing anything like a, a mixture of a show ride um, immersive um, you know production like rise of resistance and that's just this you know decades innovation right. for ride um, I think what was I the mean, first word again to have. before innovation yeah, I, before innovation uh, innovation uh, oh well, I just said right, this is second like first storytelling excellent second okay. there's just one word innovation okay the first pillar Excellent. Yeah, storytelling yeah. excellence was the first one. Gotcha. And then innovation was the second one. And actually, as I read that, um, that can mean a lot of things. Like, but the idea that he actually mentions the metaverse out loud, which is kind of a almost a buzzword these days, that you can almost like roll your eyes and dis, you know, everything from Facebook changing their name to Meta. And but but it might be in a hype cycle right now. But the idea that the next iteration of entertainment is merging um, virtual worlds and real worlds and creating new ways for, for the consumer um, to interact with characters, with stories, and to be part of the story, um, those are things that can change the game. And there's already things that are being changed. Kids are now on Roblox and they're on Minecraft where they can create their worlds. They don't want the world you created for them. They want to break it apart like Legos and build their own thing, right? And, and kind of the metaverse allows this kind of idea. We, got, we talked about NFTs a little bit a few weeks ago. Um, this idea that, that they can now track and do some of these things where they can um, imagine going into um, Tomorrowland and they know you're there and they airdrop you um, some item to your phone, right? And you have this item and, and, th and this item allows you special access or to, to get this exclusive item. Or they know you've been in the park, you know, 10 times in the last month and, and you've gone to this, to Jungle Cruise. Maybe you ride, you're the, the top rider of Jungle Cruise and they know that so they can like in the metaverse create a new experience for you that's slightly different every time you, you go on a, a certain ride. I mean, the, the, the amount of collectibles. The, when I start hey. talking about this i could talk for three hours about the possibilities that could happen because of of, the, of innovation in in, 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 in web three and metaverse world <laughs> i hope that, i hope they have that vision i well, hope they have that vision. Again, i like, definitely think that 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 is what i that's what i expect that's what i expect from this company i want them to be i want them to be the leader and with with universal and so many other parks gaining ground i, I want to see disney always be the leader i do 
Yes. Disney and has you, the re, I'm, Disney has the resources to do it. Go ahead, JD. I was just going to say to add on to that, another aspect is like we talk about innovation, and Disney's big you know form of innovation has always been immersion. And when you look at the whole metaverse and, you know, Dustin, we've talked about the Oculus and stuff like that. There's nothing that can immerse you more than when you put a a headset goggles on and it literally you look to your left and your right up and down and it looks like you're in a whole different environment. I mean, I can't see, you know, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, this is literally perfect for Disney because this is everything they want to do. But now they could just create a digital version instead of having to create a set, instead of having to create some big production, they could just put goggles on people and, and do it that way. Yeah, and, and there's also there's two parts of this. There's creating content for that, right? There's video games applications. There's immersive worlds, you know, you can do in your home. There's Disney Plus. You can watch Disney Plus right now on an Oculus and see it. You can create a new living room and a fu- set a fire and then kick your feet up. And it's this crazy thing. That's one thing. I, you play Vader Immortal, where you literally fight Darth Vader in the metaverse, right? It's pretty incredible. But then, like, Apple is already rumored to be releasing a new um, a new AR glasses, uh, augmented reality, where, and if they do it right, the idea is that pretty soon you'll have this kind of this heads up, uh, uh, you know, the what are they, what are they, you know, like a, a HUD, a, a heads up display where you literally have like things pop up and things appear that appeal only to you, right? And this is all metaverse related. And, and, and with, a, with innovation, with something like Disney and, and some, a company like Apple producing these things en masse, we know how Apple can just, if they make it, it's not just some gimmick thing anymore. It can actually take some traction and become part of your life. Then the game has changed of what can happen in a park. And it already has with your cell phone. I mean, with, you know, um, geo tracking and all those other things. Genie Plus works off your cell phone. It's already a game changer. But what we're just at the tip of the iceberg of what can happen with, with Web3 and NFTs. And I know we got other couple of things to talk right. about where they can prove digital ownership. I'm literally buying my NBA Top Shot packs right now. Um, because I'm up in line, and, oh, yeah. and but they have revolutionized what it means to be an NBA fan. Um, they they take random random fans of teams who have bought items and they send them to games or exclusive you know access to their clubs. Mark Cuban at the Dallas Mavericks, they can see oh you're at this game tonight, you get this exclusive NFT drop of this play that that Luca made, you know um, that only right. people that were there get. Right, you can sell it. It's yours to own. You can do whatever you want with it. But if you own this stuff, we know who you are, and we can find you in a good way, and we can reward you for your fandom. This is like whole next level Disney that Disney can right. take, and I, I like to see him say that because I that means that, that they're thinking I, about I this think stuff. I think that would be amazing because I think those are the type of things that I mean, prices are always going to go up. They just do. But if you can do things like that, if you can offer special, hey. Uh, you're the only one that got this today because you did this. I mean, those things go a long way when you're in the park. And they know that, I mean, just one one freebie here and there can make you forget that you just spent, you know, $15 on a on a, a, a small dessert. You know, I mean, it's, it's amazing what uh, the power of, of, of that customer service can do. And, and that's what they're really, really known Absolutely. for. I mean, they set the standard for so much of the world on customer service all the way back in the 50s and the 60s. So I would I would love to see that. I hope that the um, the, the Play Pavilion, which is a new uh, at the old Wonders of Life Pavilion at Epcot, 
I mean, the Play Pavilion is something that's been, they didn't take it off the table. They announced it in 2019. It's still, it's still on the list of things coming when you go to the Epcot Preview Center there. So, uh, but they haven't announced a date, but I hope it will have that kind of innovation and that we, when you go play, it won't just be games that you've seen other places with Disney IP, but it will have like, oh my goodness, this is, this is next level play experience. You want you, you, the key, like you want, and I, I watch my kids, right? You want right. next level, you want to be immersed, number one. But number two, you want to have creative, you want to have some creative input. You want it customized to you, right? You want um, so a feature that, 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 that focuses on, on, that you can create and change. Now, I don't necessarily care about that as much, but my kids do, right? Uh, they get bored so easy. You know, we national championship games last night. They're just like, oh, yeah, nice, you know. Um, but they were really fascinated by the idea that it, the game was on six different channels with mm -hmm. different perspectives, right? The customization and, and different, they had like um, a sky cam, the 4K sky cam. They actually got really into that for a while, watching the sky cam fly over the, the play, and it looked completely different, and they just thought that was so cool. Um, so it's, and that's innovation, right? That's, that's a Disney company, right? The ESPN, pioneering this idea, we're going to take six different perspectives of the game. The consumer can choose which one they want to interact with, and I think this, this level of, of, of consumer and fan engagement is something that will 2022 is going to be big on, but man, yeah. five years from now, who knows? Who knows? But it does make me excited because, like you said, David, they add more value. They can add more value, and now this can be a couple of different things. They can now start charging you for more things, right? Or they can create a services business. Apple does, is great at this, right? They create an entire services business and they give you things for free. And they actually start, what, what if one day, and this is crazy to think about, but what if park admission like was that. free? Because <laughs> they made so much money. They made so much money on, on, every, on everything, right? On everything else. And I think that um, on, in a, in, in, on services they offer in the park and whatever else. Now that probably will never happen. But the idea that that could be a loss leader, that admission to the well, park is a loss leader for something else, when there's infinite possibilities for income potential and revenue potential I with Web3 and Metaverse stuff. But I think like for one example, the fact that they just took the bus service from the airport to the park, which was free, away, that that, in most people's opinion, why it's so confusing is I saw a, a, a report recently said that maybe Disney was spending about $20 a person to get them from the airport. And so now, which those people are now going to pay for themselves, but what they, what they lose in the process when you, uh, uh, you know, I mean, yes, it's like. There's intangibles is what you're saying. It's perceived right. at the end. It's perceived value, right? You would think what do you that think they you're have getting versus what you're money paying? That it would be worth it to get me on that bus, one, so that I go stay at a hotel. Because now, if I don't have that, if I don't have that bus to the park, I may go. Well, if I'm going to rent a car, I'm going to go to an off-property hotel now because it's cheaper and I've got a car, so I I can do it. I mean, I can get back and forth to the park. So I mean, there's just a lot of little things like that that I. It, I think that's what been what's so confusing is you want to see that kind of forward thinking and then it, it's like right now we're just getting a little bit more takeaway instead of the plussing. 
and that's a Disney word, plussing, that's been around since Walt Disney, where he was like, we're constantly plussing right. things. We're, what you thought it was, now we're going to plus it and take it to the next. And we're not seeing plussing, we're seeing minusing. <laughs> so... Yeah, and I hope I hope that everything you're describing is absolutely true. And I'm frustrated too. I have four kids, so anything time they increase price, it's like times four for me. But I hope it's due to economic transitions, just generally. And I hope that what we enter into with some of these other revenue possibilities is a new era of let's. I I hope they're just trying to get their stuff in order, uh, right? One other tiny little thing I I don't understand. Like I saw, and this isn't Disney. This is the new company, Mears, that always provided the bus service. But in the new packaging system, a family of four round trip is $200 to and from the park. So $50 a person. But each person you add on is $55. Well, when, when does adding more when is paying for more people make the price go up? Usually it's like, okay, for a family of four, it's 50, but if you got another kid, that one will be 40. But in this case, it's the other. It's like, if you have mm. more than four, we're gonna charge you extra. Like that doesn't, what, you know, that's not, to me, that's, that's, that's where it, it disrupts your immersive kingdom experience because it doesn't feel, you know, I mean, you're a dad or your mom, and you're you're the one paying, or grandpa and grandma, and you're you're trying to get all this together. The kids are going to have a great time, but you're you're thinking, you know, okay, got to budget this out, got to think through this. So, anyway, they'll figure it out. I'm still going to go. I'm still going to find a way. I, I told John David, it's like you know, I'm going to go. I'm no, going right. to go, but I may. You need a I, job but there, I honestly man. may go. I'm not going to stay at the park. I'm not going to stay in a hotel. I'm, I mean, I mean we. And we may uh, we may eat a few a few less meals in the park. I'm just going to balance it out. They're going to they're I, I think that a lot of people will go. I'm still going to go, but I'm going I'm going to take the hit somewhere. I'm going to have to you know you can't you you can't just that's keep a good point. This could be risky. Unlimited. Most people can't do that. A lot of people. I mean, I'm sure some people can. And if they keep pricing it higher and higher and higher, then they're going to only get the people who can just spend anything. But for most people, even if they go for one or two times in their mm-hmm. lifetime, they're going to have to figure out what's whether I'm going to pay for Genie Plus or we're going to have some uh, a, a meal at be our guest. I mean, you're going to have to make those choices of what what's most important to you financially. Well, I have a great idea for a business for a business for us um, yes. to fund our Disney our Disney addictions. Um, and that has to do with we're going to make Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> okay, NFTs. you're starting a whole new conversation here because oh, yeah. I've heard about and this. Let's do it. Uh, let's yes. hop on the train. So, uh, so uh, NFTs aside, the reason we can do that and not get sued by Disney is because more news. Winnie the Pooh's um, trademark comes up, comes due um, this year, I believe, and goes into public domain be 95 years which opens the character properties of winnie the pooh and eeyore and all of that that ecosystem right there up to the public it's public domain so it's fair game now i do think that there's still any iterations in the past like movies and things that's not fair game they still own the rights to those things if things have been created and since the, then probably but the, the idea the original, of the characters maybe also you know the that what, what illustrations i'm not sure you Original illustrations yeah. and stories and books. Yep, you're right. So is it just it, the words? By law. 
So what can you do? Like, what can you do with the characters? Because so if they they still own the movies. They still own. Do they own the image of what Winnie the? Like, could I put Winnie the Pooh on a T-shirt when I do a I'm not sure like, you, like a I'm not custom sure you ink could put Disney's version? I think you could because that may be a different copyright from the sixties. But I can just the word. For example, I mean the okay, original gotcha. Grimm's Brothers fairy tales are public domain. Snow White is public domain, but Disney Snow White is not yet public domain. But it comes soon. It's it's unless they change the law, unless Disney convinces Congress to change the copyright laws, uh, we're gonna Mickey Mouse. I mean, there's there's some, uh, yeah. 2024, Mickey Mouse at Mickey and Minnie are up. Wow. No way. I can't imagine. Do you think there's a way Disney could lose that, though? I mean, is that really? I, I don't I mean, think it's quite when you say lose it. I think there's like they're not going to lose it. Yeah. It just it. it, it um, I think the original drawings there there. And I'm not I'm not a lawyer, a trademark lawyer by any means. But I think their original iterations right. of I it. Mean, then for become, example, the original open. movies, I guess, okay. could be like Steamboat Willie could be public domain, which means that they could play it on television and not be charged for it. Hey, did you, in fact, here's here's a good example. You know the movie It's a Wonderful Life? Jimmy Stewart, classic Christmas movie. The reason that's mm-hmm. so popular is they it wasn't a big hit when it came out. And through the years, they forgot to, someone did not, for some reason, renew the copyright. So in the, in the, in the like 70s, it was fair game for television, and they started playing it. And every channel played it at Christmas because it was free. And it wow. just created this whole new audience for this movie. Then people fell in love with it because it's nostalgic wow. and the acting's incredible. But it was an example of one they let slide. Now, again, I I don't want to be the grumpy in the group again, but I don't I don't I just don't really see why things go into public domain like that. I mean it's and, and what other business do, do we just decide your art belongs to the public now? I, I mean, if you've got grandchildren and great-grandchildren and you've created a book like Winnie the Pooh and you want to leave that as a legacy for your family to figure out what to do with those profits, I think that's the family's opportunity. I don't understand how the government decides we're going to take that back and give that to the public. It's not. It doesn't belong to them. So... Now is it one hundred? Is it one hundred years? Seventy five years? Well, How long do you own that copyright? Uh, you, different, different. Like what, media, when did Winnie the Pooh start? For, like for example, a song is the is it used to be like life of the author of the song plus seventy five years. So it gives it gives. But say for example, if you wrote the song and you died at thirty, I mean, I mean that that affects your whole family. I mean, if you lived to ninety, that's a different thing. But if you died young and created things, it just it. At a, it limits the amount of time your family can reap the benefits of of your legacy and what you want to pass down to, whether it's your family or to a school or to a university, wherever you want to give your property. I just think the author should have that right. Uh, it just shouldn't go. And I mean, it's, it sounds great. I mean, because it's like, hey, we get, I mean, you don't have to pay for a Charles Dickens book if that's a school report. I mean, you're not having to pay a copyright. There's There's lots of free copies of it online now because that's, all copywritten uh, stuff that's gone into public domain. A lot of songs through the years are public domain now, so there, there's advantages to. But it's usually to the manufacturer. Like if you're a book manufacturer, you can produce a Charles Dickens book, and 
you're not having to pay any royalties on that book so it's just the cost of putting that book out if you're an artist and you sing you want to do an, a, a project with of of old hymns that have been public domain you can do that you know and and you're not gonna have to pay any royalties so there's there's some I mean advantages on the manufacturing side I just think as the creation side of things it's not fair and I you know I, again Disney I mean they're one of the biggest companies in the world so to say something's not fair but I just think a, a character like Mickey Mouse uh, that you've created your whole business model around I don't know why you would lose it. It'd be like if if Coca-Cola they said sorry, you can't have that logo anymore. That logo's now public domain. You know, Target, sorry, yeah, that can't be your logo anymore. You just lost think, it. It's you've had it 75 years, we're taking it away. Uh, it does it does, they're 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 big it's bigger than that. It's to me. It's also these laws were written before we had this digital media before we had they're kind of archaic right. right we the way we transmit media whether it's songs or or art or whatever or creations is so much different right. now than it, they could have imagined when they made those laws to begin with and i think that's a that's a part to consider is our government is not very fast at, at getting on board with new technologies and changes they, they've needed to update the copyright laws right. and trademark laws and patent laws forever right and there's a lot of special interest involved in these things that um, they haven't updated for streaming, for music, right? They, they're still like, um, right. it's still built for another well, era when they, the, that's gone and passed and dead. And I think there's some of that too. This, because I, I imagine some of the reason that they put a cap on it was because the, 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 the facilitate, mm -hmm. the administration of figuring out who owns what after a hundred years, you know, and have all these, 37 or 120 grandkid great great grandkids fighting over who owns the you know 120th right. of the one 220th of the copyright of that great grandpa's you know star spangled banner or whatever um and the idea that art should you know that, that the people there's an idea that that society gave the, uh, the resources for people to flourish and create things that ultimately that should go back to society. Um, there's some of those, that's a little bit more, you know, a, a philosophical argument than it is. But I do think there's a lot of, this is an interesting thought that, that Winnie the Pooh, this iconic character and Eeyore and Tigger and all those are going to be, the, the copyright runs out. And what does that mean? I actually think it's gonna be fascinating to see what it means and how this works and what's allowed and what isn't. But there are patents and trademarks on all sorts of things and, and different loopholes that companies use to, to keep that from happening. Um, you know, uh, right. pharmaceutical companies do stuff like this little shady shenanigans all the time to keep patents from running out or keep generics from honing in on their think, their their you I know believe, their profits. I believe and, some of these um, things would have really already been in public domain had Disney and some of the other companies like that already have lobbied to get it pushed back even further because it probably should have happened even sooner. But we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Well, and, and this isn't catching them by this isn't catching them by surprise. There's a plan in place, and there's things. Uh, and, and honestly, the other thing to bring out too is Web three NFTs. The the whole idea of that is that you can now the the invention of of Web three and NFTs are that you can prove digital ownership, right? It changes again, That's and I don't want to get too far down this in the weeds on this, but the idea that now you can via 
via computers and a network, a, a secure network, prove who the original owner is, and you can, via smart contract, by computers, divvy that out however you want to, to whoever you want to, in perpetuity forever. That's never been possible before. So I think actually some of these technologies and innovations will actually help. And, and the thing is, is, is we have to get our, 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 our lawmakers and our creatives to kind of get on board and kind of figure out what the regulation on this stuff looks like because, right. you know, their hands are tied in some, some degree, but uh, to some well, degree, another, but it I is wanna, fascinating. I think I that will help a lot that, of this, too. You know, these laws yeah, started from that. the beginning late. I mean, I mean they, they began, the copyright laws began because, uh, especially musicians and songwriters, because this is before movies and radio really existed, they were losing money because they would create these songs and people were just, they weren't compensating uh, these writers and so that's that's really uh, where a lot of this started and uh, it, it's just uh, it's a hard thing to keep up with <laughs> just leave it at that it's... yeah yeah and it's there's a whole there's a whole ton I mean with technology and things like that I mean crazy innovation quick in innovation um, how much it's changed in the past 20 years is crazy but the thing is with innovation and technology, there has to be some innovation with our laws and like some innovation with like how we govern things like that. Because then you get in the whole issue of you know privacy and things like that. And like you, you look at like Apple and, and like social media um, and things in that nature, where it's like if it's going to keep growing and people are going to be more immersed in technology, there has to be laws that innovate with that and say we're going to protect the people because that's what the jobs of laws are kind of you know govern and protect people um so that's a whole you know crazy trail well, hey, it's probably, of, of craziness but it's probably why we have a whole well, it's a, a fascinating conversation mouse look and you know they put the new attraction in the park is with mickey's new look i mean they're probably just we're going to change it and we're going to make it new and make it our, our you know something else we can we can keep going for a while I doubt, I doubt many people, you know, in 2020, I did that year That's of interesting. Disney, and I watched everything Disney made from from 1923 until 1943. That's how far I've gotten. I watched every one of those shorts. And so if those shorts go into public domain and it's just the shorts, most of the public won't ever go look at any of it anyway. It's not things that, mo besides Steamboat Willie, most of those Mickey cartoons, most people aren't ever going to even watch. So, well, uh, th in fact, I could talk about all this stuff for a long time. Yes. We probably should go ahead and start to wind down. But before I do, I want to ask you both what, you know, we're 2022, just getting started off. What are you most excited about 2022 Disney wise? What, what, what announcement is coming? Have you heard that is supposed to come or you hope okay. comes that are you most excited about for the next okay. year? You, I got it. So probably the thing I'm most excited for, you know, big Marvel guy, of course, um, when I think about things I'm excited for movie-wise, uh, you know, Doctor Strange, his new movie is going to be great. But as far as underrated or something that people are kind of talking about but I'm really excited for um, is this new Lightyear movie that's coming out. I wanted to see exactly. It's coming out June 17th. Um, I'm pumped about it because this is the first time in a, in a little while 
that I've been just really excited for an animated movie from Disney that I'm pumped about. I mean, we've had good movies like Onward, Soul, um, Encanto, and then some good Pixar movies. Um, I loved Coco, but that was a while ago. Um, things like that, all that Disney animation. But I'm really excited for what Lightyear's going to be. I don't think that they would... Um, I don't think they would make a movie specifically about Buzz Lightyear and get Chris Evans to play him if they just had like a, oh, this is going to be an IP. We're going to get some people to come see this movie. We're going to make a good fat chunk of money. I think that there's probably going to be a cool mm -hmm. story that they have for this character. Uh, and just seeing the animation and the, the precision and how clean he looks and all of the previews and pictures that I've seen, it just kind of confirms this like sense of, okay, they're trying to do something with this. Uh, that's probably my prediction of, of what I'm most going to be looking forward to and, and what's probably going to be done well from Disney will be like. Uh, of, of movies, that Great would one. be the Great one, one. David, that what about I'm, you? Most, I'm most looking forward to. There's several Disney Plus movies coming out this year, uh, some of the live-action remakes. They've not been my favorite, but uh, there's a Pinocchio mm -hmm. with Tom Hanks is going to play Geppetto. I'm interested to see what they do with it. Um, but uh, but Buzz Lightyear and and probably um, Doctor Strange would be the two that I'm I'm most looking forward to. Uh, in the parks, um, I'm really looking forward to uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Cosmic Rewind coaster that's supposedly going to open this summer. Um, I'm excited about I'm excited about the Tron Light Cycle, but uh, it could Epcot. be 2023. But we we've been told Galaxy uh, Guardians of the Galaxy will open in, in the summer. I'm also excited. Uh, John David mentioned this in the last podcast, but uh, there's a Fantasmic, which is the big nighttime spectacular at Disneyland and at, and at, and at um, Hollywood Studios uh in florida um i'm excited to see that come back and it's going to get some new some new life to it they're going to add some some new characters they're they're, they're adding a, the, the 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 artwork looks like they're adding uh moana and they're adding aladdin and they're adding uh frozen and probably taking out the the pocahontas section that was a big part of the of the show at florida they're going to revamp some of those things so we saw we saw the phantasmic at um Disneyland uh, back in 2019 and they already had Aladdin and they own the carpet and they fly and it, there's mist so it makes it look like they're really flying in the air so I think some of that's probably coming so I'm excited for that what about you? super cool um, I actually, I'm most excited about the Tron. I think actually do, Tron ride, I do think it, it probably does release this year. I know that it, it would be from a marketing standpoint, you wouldn't want to release that close to the Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Which I'm also excited about. But you want to space those out. Those are huge, like, huge things. And you want to, like, drag out the, the press and the, the marketing for right. one, let it die down, then the other one takes you, right? Um, and drives tra park traffic. So, so I think late 2022, they may even hold it into spring 2023. Who knows? Our prediction <laughs> of uh, maybe Little Mermaid does come out first. I maybe suppose. it's next summer, right? <laughs> but um, but it, it just seems to me if they've already one started the, it one, and it's already one, delayed, uh, they'd want to get it open and run. I watched quite a bit on YouTube, uh, who always seems to have a lot of inside scoop and not just rumors. And he's, he's, he, he talks very confidently that we'll see it before the end, near the end of 2022. But I mean, we just gotta keep our fingers crossed. I think that, I guess in the marketing, I've always tried to figure that out, is that if, if, they, if they announce that both are coming, 
that there would be there would be one crowd that would say, well, I'm going to wait till they're both open, and so they wouldn't they wouldn't go in the summer because they think, well, I'll just wait and go at Christmas, and then I'll get to do both of them. So I think it's very hard to I, I I would imagine on their on the schedule on the lines and the queues and the way everything's done now to have more than one thing going on at a time is more than you know that their their employees can even handle it just seems like it it takes all their energy to get one thing off the ground but maybe may, yeah no i'm totally. done all right as we close go ahead go ahead oh as we close wanted to give you guys one chance make a prediction of something that is going disney's going to announce or something that's going to happen this year make one predict big prediction that would come out of nowhere what do you think is going to happen what do you think they're going to announce? What's something that's going to blow us away? Gosh. <laughs> do you have a prediction, Dustin? What do you think? Well, I mean, I kind of any... set it up to be really big, like big, big you know. Um, okay. I, like, I was thinking myself, um, I, I really think that, that the Disney dining plan comes back and there is actually going to be um, a connection made address all of the things not all of the things but a lot of the things david's okay. been been like um, talking about the last few weeks um to create that value again i think annual pass sales go back on sale and they they realize that you know you can't overdo it there's still a pandemic but they're, they're going to put value back in into the park i really do believe that that's my, my big prediction i think that's by the one. end of the year we're going to be surprised at some of the the fan friendly things they're doing for parks Okay, that's a good one. I would probably, if I made a prediction, again, it's hard to make predictions, and that's a good one because I would, I would agree with that. Um, back to what we were talking earlier about, you know, Metaverse and Oculus, I would say we would get, we will get a, a big statement from Disney about their first big step in the Metaverse, whether it's, you know, an experience or a game where you can feel like, you're getting an experience from a Disney park from the Oculus glasses. Like Disney's going to find a way to be in that market before the end of the year, and it's going to be big. I think there will be a new goofy-shaped David, you got anything? That, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I'll tell you one that I would like to see. <laughs> I, I think I would like to see a shift, and I, this is a, about, just for a while. I kind of would like to see fewer big announcements. Like I, I like I would rather hear them talk for a while about innovation and storytelling because I think like if we go back to 2019 and they announce oh there's a Mary Poppins attraction coming and and even though there was a pandemic and I just sometimes think just start building it let let us go what's that gonna be what's that gonna be like uh, uh, Universal did the Velocicoaster. And you know they built this great roller coaster that some people say is their favorite roller coaster ever. And the whole time they're building it, they're like, ah, it's just a churro stand. It's just a churro stand, and everybody sees it's a roller coaster. I would like to see some of that so that, again, don't promise things that might not come. Make make sure you know what's going to come and when. So maybe maybe that would be something we see a shift in of of a little bit more careful how we pump things up before we know for sure when they're coming that would be a nice thing for 2022 awesome 
I love it, man. We've touched on a lot of things, man. Thank you guys for your time and our listeners. We want to thank you guys for your time and sticking with us, man. Um, and always, we are so grateful that you would spend a little bit of time with us to talk about Disney. That's that's why we love Disney. We would love to hear why you love Disney. Do you agree with us? Do you disagree with us? What are your predictions or hopes for 2022? Um, let us know. You can find us at whyilovedisney.com, also on Instagram and Twitter. Also, please leave a five-star review if you would be so inclined on whatever platform you listen to. We're on all of them, uh, including YouTube now, where you can see our faces, for better or worse. But, um, man, thank you guys again for your time. Appreciate it. Always a blast. And until next time, take care. All right. See y'all.